1: This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by the holiday season. Do-do-do-do. Listen, whatever you celebrate, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus. I hope you're out there with the people you love, enjoying what you do, and enjoying life. You know and I enjoy? Complaining about AV. So does Greg. Let's go. Hey, Blue Brego fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. It is the Christmas Eve edition, a big holiday for Greg and I, or for me. Greg, say hello.
2: This is, it's just the 24th of December for me. It's a
1: good day for Chinese food. It's uh, a great day f- for that. I'm somehow podcasting. We were going to do this on Christmas itself, but somehow this kind of worked out for us. Uh, we're able to do this while we both watch ourselves lose in our fantasy football championships, Greg's. Everyone cares.
2: Everyone cares. Look, when I there, for me, there's a lot of money on the line. I don't know how much money's on the line for you, but it's a good amount. Uh, I personally would like to win a thousand dollars today. That would be fantastic. I don't
1: think that's the amount on mine uh, for our league that you're also in. But oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Anyway, enough about that. Fuck football. Really do hate it. Despite us both being in the championships of different leagues. Um, Look, fuck, fuck football, but I, I, I love gamble. money. Love. I have a gambling problem. Really, <laughs> crazy. G-
2: Money's good. Money's great. Tell me about your Money's gambling great. problem. Is this something you want to talk out on air? Do you need I think help? I've talked about it on air quite a bit. <laughs> uh, there, there have honestly been times recently where I felt like I should probably start seeing something or someone or start calling a hotline because right. it's never, it's never really big bets all at once. It's just I love making a lot of little small bets and then I'll think about it afterwards, just being like, that's an irresponsible amount of money I have spread out over things that I really don't care about. (laughs) Yeah, like,
1: you don't care, like, you're betting on, what's the most ridiculous thing you've bet on in the past two weeks, out of curiosity?
2: Uh, I lost the bet, I think, on Rutgers basketball. Yeah, like, why would you do that? Did you watch the game? (laughs) Not even close. No. That's the worst part. I make the bets. before. I have to go to bed so early at night that I'll make bets on basketball games and start at 7 o'clock and I'm asleep before tip-off. I
1: would understand if you were watching the games. Like you are like, okay, I want to have a little ante in in this game, especially like the playoffs or any other game. Like, okay, I want to up the ante. I'm watching this boring game. But you just go to bed. I go to bed. Yeah, so I don't know. Big show today. Is is it a big show? I don't know. Here's what's going to happen on today's show. Here's my prediction. Okay. We already recorded an interview with a comedian. His name's in the title. Uh, we reveal that when he comes on. It's very fun. Uh, he kind of challenges us on AV. I thought it was a really good interview. Had some nice little tidbits on it. So Steve, Thank God
2: he didn't come on today. Yeah, I know. Steve, so, completely different conversation he comes on today.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so Steve, Steve uh, Hopsetter comes on and talks to us about the Rangers and his fandom and some other stuff, including Mike Francesa and Dolan. That's fun. We're probably going to go on a sick AV rant here in like a minute. It's... It's pretty unbearable what's happening right now. It's brewing. It's brewing. And then at the end of the show, we'll come back uh, after the interview, and we'll talk a little bit of uh, the user reviews that we got. Anyone who left a review pretty much in the past week, I'm going to read it, and we'll respond to it. That'll be it on this Christmas Eve edition of the Blue Breakaway. Let's talk a little
2: Rangers. (laughs) Christmas Eve edition that you're not going to listen to until after Christmas dinner.
1: Yeah, until you're – it comes out the day after Christmas, but we're recording on Christmas Eve, so that's what matters, right? People,
2: people want to know. People always know. Well, I, I mean, I make the joke when Steve's on that it's an ongoing gag where we like to date when we start talking to someone, and I, I think I dated exactly when we were recording that interview. You did. Yeah, you did
1: with Steve, so that's good. So we're always keeping people in touch. It's kind of like we're live, but not really. We're live for whenever you want to listen to us. That's us.
2: Exactly. We are live for you. We're li- we we are live, live
1: for you. There you go. That was we nice. We live in the now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also like hardworking guys on this special holiday for Ryan, not Greg. Um, let's yeah, but gl- I'm
2: the one that actually went to work today, and I'm the one that's actually going to work tomorrow. So
1: that's true. I'm just hungover, my friend. That is all. Let's talk a little bit of quick game recap. Sure. This is our, our new segment we do for people around the world. The Ducks and Rangers game happened on last Tuesday. It was a frankly easy game
2: for the New York Rangers. Sure was. You, you remember. It's, all, it's almost. It's almost Ryan, like playing a West Coast team on the second night of an East Coast back to back provides significant advantages for a team hosting them who is also on two days rest. Hmm. I don't know if I can agree with you
1: on that. I do want to take time out to say right now that I know you have Todd Gurley in fantasy and he's going crazy and I hate everything about this because I'm facing him. So congratulations. He just got another 16 yard pass, but that's enough about fantasy football. Yeah, that I'm never gonna yeah. mention it again. This rest, yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. the rest of the. And you thing. know who? Uh, the best part about that is I got Jared Goff too, and he's uh, throwing this the is ball n- really not good for me. I'm screwed. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I lost. Yeah. You you might win. That's fun. Let's talk. Stick with Rangers. So you're right, Greg. That, that mm-hmm. I don't really see the advantages there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, are, uh, wait. Oh, I, you're being sarcastic. I, I am. Thank you. Uh, okay. And I, it would be a terrible thing if you were to start some sort of backup goalie that night.
2: It would be, um, yeah, uh, yeah. You'll also I, remember. I want to, I want to, I want to save it because it. I, yeah, we'll save it. I, we'll do the quick recaps because I could go on a long rant right now about why Pavlik should have played against the Ducks, but it it's all going to be encompassed into one giant thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll just keep I don't want to. Repeat. I don't want to have to repeat myself.
1: Well, the good news is that you and I both went to the next two games. But before we get off the Ducks game, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we spent last week talking about how. DeJarney or or Paul Carey would probably need to take a seat, put their little butts on the bench,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: and uh, they looked pretty fucking incredible that game. So good for them for getting mo- motivated uh, from this podcast. We can,
2: yeah, we can confirm that DeJarney and Carey listened to the podcast.
1: Absolutely confirmed. No doubt about it. They The passes, some of the passes they made in the setups were beautiful. They they played, It was obviously the best game of the season for them. It was Paul Carey's signature game. It might be his only one this season. Uh, and just really happy to See them do that. That's about that game. Next game. You actually went to this game, Greg, so I'm going to let you take the quick game recap on Devils, uh, Devils Rangers.
2: Uh, okay. Well, the, I wouldn't call it the most undeserving point the Rangers have recorded this year because I still think that game against the Stars had no business whatsoever going to overtime, but the the Rangers gave up 48 shots against the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey. And at somehow held on to a 3-2 lead into the third period, and it was unsustainable because the Rangers were just bleeding shots left and right. The crazy thing about this game is, as undeserving as it was for the Rangers to even get to overtime, Rangers were clearly the better team in overtime and had about three opportunities to end that game, and Corey Schneider shut them down. So it, it was truly a weird experience to watch because for 60 minutes, the Rangers were embarrassing. And then for five minutes, they were phenomenal. Uh, and then once you get to a shootout... It's anybody's it's game. Fun. But yeah, that
1: cool. being said, and this is probably going to come up in the AV rant, like you bench Shattenkirk and then you use him in the shootout? What's up with that?
2: Seems funny, doesn't it?
1: It does seem funny. Let's keep going. <sighs> the next game, I happened to go to the Leafs-Rangers uh, Ra- game at the Garden. It was a very great time. Uh, Diana provided us... With tickets, our good friend, at original six listener, I brought Drew Way, who writes for our website. A lot of name dropping right now. Ha- I dressed up as Santa. I got pictures taken with me. Everyone was very happy to see Santa. I was not happy to see the way the game was managed. There was a point in this game, Greg, where Austin Matthews just was in front of the goal by himself. Now, have you heard of Austin Matthews?
2: Uh, I've heard about him. A uh, kid from uh, Arizona.
1: Yeah, he's it was a uh, number one pick. Two years ago, uh, sort of a, a another phenom, maybe, possibly. Admit this could be a hot take, a top ten, if not a top five player in the NHL.
2: Yeah, those are things I've heard about him. Wide and open, you're saying you're saying uh, he's a elite goal scorer too. Wide like
1: open in front of the net, my friend, and
2: just it's crazy. Next thing, next thing you're gonna do is tell me something like Nick Holden is the guy that left him open.
1: It's I wouldn't <laughs> couldn't say that to you, Greg. Uh. The Rangers end up losing this game 3-2 in a game they were in that probably didn't deserve to be in. A, a goal gets called off, Grabner scores, uh, or doesn't really score a goal, and there's an offsides that it's – it. the rule is the rule, guys. It was offsides. Was the player involved in the play whatsoever? Absolutely not. Did it affect anything that happened with that goal? Nope, but it was offsides. So we were probably in that game – If we were definitely going to go to overtime at least. And that seems to be the theme of this, of this team. We stick around enough to be in overtime and get a point. Despite exactly what's happening with our team of letting up the most amount of shots. I think, what was the, the, the hacky, uh, uh, another, another shout out here. Hockey Statminer.
2: Uh, it was Hockey, like, the, so Hockey Statminer, he's a phenomenal follow. If you're not, if you're following us and not following him, I don't really understand what you're doing because you're limiting the information you can take in. So, but also
1: do what you uh, want because we're pro living in choice. There you go. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we're I'm not going
2: to, I'm not going to go through all our followers and then all of hockey hey. stat Miner's followers and figure out who's not overlapping. But if you want, if anyone um,
1: wants to do that out there, send us the list.
2: That'd be hilarious. You should do that. <laughs> don't do that. What, <laughs> what else are you going to do on Christmas? Hang out with your family? Yeah. You fuck don't want to fuck that. Fuck that. Send, send us a fun list. Hockey stat Miner and us would definitely love it. Anyway, <laughs> um, kid, kid's an animal. So between Tuesday and Thursday night's games, Henrik Lundqvist faced the most shots in a two-game stretch that he's ever faced in his entire career, only to then have that record broken by the shots he faced Thursday and Saturday. So the last three games that Henrik Lundqvist has played in, he has basically set shots against records in each of them.
1: It's That's incredible. Are we even playing defense? And now I... You know what's funny is I really don't even want to blame the defenseman. I I, I know that sounds crazy. It's not my first gut reaction. My gut reaction is what is this system we have in place to prevent? Can we just help Hank in any way possible? Are we playing the wrong system? What are we doing?
2: Yeah, so I was thinking about this on my car ride home from work knowing that you and I were going to podcast a little bit earlier today and was actually going to have coherent, not sleepy thoughts on things that were happening with the Rangers. There are – two ways you can usually build a team in any sport. The first way is you put a system in place and then you go out and try and find players that best fit your system. And then there is you go out and accumulate the best talent you can available and then figure out what system you can work with the pieces you have. And the Rangers have seemingly decided to go with option three, which is implement a system, but not acquire players to play that system properly because that's basically what we're looking at here. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think you can acquire a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk and not make significant changes to how your team plays defense because what the Rangers are doing right now, and there are people there, there is a large, a growing portion. I wouldn't, I guess I want to call it large, but a growing portion portion of the fan base that thinks Kevin Shattenkirk is not just a sieve defensively, but an abomination and it's hard to stand here. Cause again, uh, inside look behind the curtain. I stand while we podcast. Cause I don't have I, one. I don't have a desk and two. I don't have a chair in my room. Um,
1: <laughs> We're real professionals.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard to say Kevin Shattenkirk is playing effectively in the defensive zone because he's not at the same time, the system in which the Rangers are trying to utilize someone like Kevin Shattenkirk is, is, is only going to expose his weaknesses as opposed to protect him. So Shattenkirk is going to look worse playing defense for the New York Rangers than he did playing defense for the St. Louis Blues because the Blues utilized him differently. And I, that's to say, first, when Kevin Shattenkirk is on the power play, he's magnificent and he's everything this team was hoping to acquire. But if you're not going to, if you're going to acquire a player like that and then not make significant or at least, I wouldn't even say significant, subtle changes to how your team's defensive style is to accommodate a player of that skill, all while not giving him a perfect defensive pairing, then you're going to make him a worse player on the ice when he plays. And I think we're just watching that happen. I, I can't tell someone that Kevin Shatkirk isn't having a bad defensive year. I just can't say it's all Kevin Shattenkirk's fault. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just completely wrong about how Kevin Shattenkirk Plays hockey To me, I think a good coach can cover up some of the flaws Kevin Shattenkirk has defensively and play him with a more adequate defensive partner. And that partner on the Rangers exists. We've been saying it all year. Oh. The fact that Ryan McDonough and Kevin Shattenkirk do not play 20 minutes together a night is still beyond me.
1: It's beyond all of us, Greg. It's, it's very obvious. And I'm not saying the Shea-Shattenkirk pairing has been no- noticeably terrible. It hasn't. And I like Shea a lot. I think his game's developed. And I think he's honestly one of our better defensemen. Definitely top three. I, that's why I say I don't, don't want to blame automatically the defenseman. I think Stahl has been pretty good for who he is. I think – I know, I know, that's tough. I think I think Stahl's playing above who he is now. I think Shea's been good. I think Shattenkirk, while the glimpses of his defense falling, has been suitable. Ryan McDonough was injured on and off, but he's been also his amazing captain self. And then we have, you know, Nick Holden. All right. He's a third-pairing defenseman, but he's playing on the first line. That's a problem. And then Brandon Smith, who seems to be playing less aggressive than he used to. I'm not sure what that is either. Like, he got paid, maybe, and he's just not as brooding as he was. Because my impression, my first impression of Brandon Smith when he got here last year was, wow, we have a tough son-of-a-bitch defenseman who's hitting everybody right now and that's what I wanted at Brendan Smith but I don't see that anymore. He's been less noticeable of recent. But I don't feel like any of those players with the exception of winger Nick Holden, who somehow by the way ends up rushing the net more than any other defenseman I've ever seen, still just I don't feel like any of them have been truly terrible. But yet Henrik Lundqvist is facing more shots than ever.
2: Uh I would disagree. Nick Holden's been truly terrible. Say, I said I,
1: I, with the exception of Nick Holden. Sorry.
2: Yeah, Nick Nick Holden's been truly terrible. And quite honestly, the I, it's hard to call any defensive pairing the Rangers have good. Uh, Sean Tierney put the charts out, um, I think Saturday, actually, before the game, that showed where all the NHL defensive pairings rank amongst each other. And all three of the Rangers' pairings were firmly... In the quadrant of the graph, you didn't want to be. The the graph has it has fun, dull, bad, and good. And all three were very firmly entrenched in the bad. In fact, the one defensive ranger pairing that was statistically or categorically worse than every other was Smith and Stahl. And I think part of that reason is while Smith and Stahl seemed to be not giving up a lot of goals. Like every other defensive pairing, they're giving up a lot of shots. And honestly, the reason why the Rangers have been in so many games recently is because Henrik Lundqvist has just been playing on another fucking level. He's, and it's incredible to think about this 35-year-old all-world goalie still being able to play some of his – this might be the best hockey I've ever seen Henrik Lundqvist play. And, that's, and I say that because – That's the hottest topic maybe you've ever had. But I think it's justified because I, the Rangers shouldn't have won, maybe like they, they may have one of their last seven games they deserve to win. Mm-hmm. They deserve to beat the Ducks and they, uh, they deserve to beat be the Kings. So they have.
1: Oh man, you cut out, Greg. Gregory? Greg, you're gone.
2: All right, we had a technical blacked out.
1: We had, We blacked out there. We had a technical difficulty. Oh, we're back. Where were we?
2: Uh, where were we? The, the funny thing is I was going on a long rant and I was very proud of where that rant was going. Unfortunately. And then I get a message from you being like, Hey bud, uh, you're, you're not talking to anybody. Yeah.
1: You're talking to nobody.
2: I could have, I could have gone on for 20 more minutes and not realize that. So it's a good thing you texted me. Yes, yeah, Cause so I just wouldn't we even did, look down at my screen.
1: We did leave off where you were saying we did we didn't deserve to win one of the, we only really deserve to win the Kings and the Ducks game. That was it.
2: Right. So I said one of seven and I quickly corrected myself to make it like two of seven the point I was making is, uh, I think that I was making is the the players the Rangers deploy defensively do not play well in Elaine Vino's system, and or or whoever system. If you want to give credit to Lindy Ruff, if you want to give credit to a numerous amount of assistant coaches that have supposedly had a hand in coaching this defense under Elaine Vino, the buck stops with Elaine Vino, and he continues to want to deploy this type of defensive system. And it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't. And it's, it goes beyond Nick Holden playing with Ryan McDonough, which he shouldn't. It goes beyond Mark Stahl and Brandon Smith having to play together because they shouldn't. And quite honestly, it goes beyond Kevin Shattenkirk and Brady Shea, who, while I think two, when you put them independently of each other, two strong defensemen, Shea more so defensively than Shattenkirk, but for whatever reason, that duo doesn't really work when you put it together and ask them to play the style of hockey Elaine Vino asks them to play on a nightly basis. It just doesn't work. And I, I, if the Rangers go out and acquire Carlson and Dowdy and somehow keep Shattenkirk, McDonough, and Shea while doing all that, sure, those six guys might be able to play insane defense for an Elaine Vino-styled system. It's just the fact of the matter that the Rangers this off season made upgrading their defense a priority, but instead of bringing in players who can, they did bring in better defensemen, but they deploy the same system, which just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And if you're going to run that system, then what you had to do was properly identify players that can play that system effectively. And the Rangers decided to bring in talented defensemen versus system defensemen. If you ask me, Ryan, I prefer the talented defenseman. But then you have to make coaching adjustments. You just have to make coaching adjustments. And Av doesn't, he doesn't. The defense has made zero adjustments. Different people have come in and out of the lineup. But defensively speaking, this team has yet to make a single defensive adjustment.
1: And the adjustments that happen... It's funny that you mentioned that we don't make any defensive adjustments because offensive adjustments are nonstop. Last night, well... Sorry, not last night. The Leafs game, uh, we were switching lines, like, nonstop. There was a time I was I was with Drew, and we were looking. I was like, is JT Miller now the center of KZB? So now KZM? We're like, yeah, he is. That's weird. And, but then they took Pavel Bushnevich off of it for a while and put Miller on with Mika and Kreider. I was like, what? I don't really even know what's happening. And the line of Rick Nash, Kevin Hayes, and DeHarnay is, can you get any more lackluster? <laughs> I'm
2: like, what? do those guys even play well together? I can't even. There was, during the five on three. Um, oh my God. I had. What a <laughs> miserable experience. An embarrassing, an embarrassing five on three where I think the Rangers got two shots off, which is just ludicrous. But there is a point in which David DeHarnay was on the ice and the wheels were just coming off and you can feel it. And I am trying to type a text or a, a tweet as feverishly as I could just to sarcastically praise how good day is. And before I could hit enter on that tweet, he committed a penalty in the offensive zone to wipe away the power play. And that perfectly encapsulated the game. David day had, I will say this and I don't think you and I eat crow when we should eat crow enough on this podcast. It's very possible. We don't, I, I, I think, I think sometimes we ignore the stuff we get wrong and we apologize for that. Um, I when I maybe we overreacted to Bunieves being out of the lineup because obviously DeHarnay and Carey had chemistry and it worked against the Ducks. And quite honestly they didn't look terrible against the Devils either. The the reason the Devils were playing poorly in that game but I don't think the presence of DeHarnay and Carey were was necessarily hurting the Rangers.
1: As they should so. be their fourth liners.
2: Right, and we've always said that David DeHarnay is an effective bottom six center. We've been pretty consistent about that. Even when DeHarnay's play has struggled, I've usually gone back and criticized A.B. for asking DeHarnay to just do too much. If you just let DeHarnay exist in the bottom six, I think you have a very effective center who can occasionally provide some offensive outburst. And I, I think we've seen that when given the opportunity. We definitely saw it against the Ducks. I can't... For, we were wrong. They were they were fine playing DeHarnay and Carey over Nieves. That was that was bad on us. However, when Jesper Foss gets hurt, I don't know why. It's not like it's not like DeHarnay had a great game against the Devils where he should have been rewarded moving up into a top six line. And JT Miller, one of your four best forwards this entire season. Dropped all the way back to the fourth line. That doesn't equate to anyone in my mind. I don't think it equates to you. Well, you know what else doesn't equate?
1: In that game, we pulled Mika Zabinijad when we are down two goals. What?
2: So here's the thing with that, right? There is a comp- This is a th- another problem that I've always had with Elaine Vigneault. There is an obvious thing Elaine Vigneault can say after the game that makes such a drastic move like that. A move where you remove your number one center, who honestly wasn't having the greatest of games against the Maple Leafs. I, we can't say his play warranted him remaining on the top line. That's, correct. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, am, I am ready and willing to admit that. Um, I don't know if it necessarily was so terrible he shouldn't have seen the ice, but correct. Mika Zibinijad was having a poor game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Elaine Vigneault recognized that. There are two avenues Elaine Vigneault could have chose to go down. A logical avenue you could have said post-game was this was our third game in six days. Mika Zibanejad missed the better part of a month before these games with a concussion, and maybe he was worn down. And quite honestly, it's possible. We don't know how the human body is supposed to react from concussions. The Rangers – were played an overtime game against the Devils. They were playing high-scoring games against the Ducks, and the Maple Leafs were skating circles around them. So maybe Alain Vigneault saw Mika Zibanejad just didn't have the legs under him anymore because he's coming off an injury, a significant injury, and felt the need to make a change offensively and remove Mika from the lineup because he's doing more harm than good. If Alain Vigneault said that after the post game, I could have been like, that what? actually makes sense. That
1: actually, Greg, what you just said was a perfect explanation of what could have happened. Here's what actually happened. Yep. AV came
2: oh, out. or oh, oh, do you want to go? Oh, go
1: I, I, I slow paused. That was good, right? Yeah.
2: I right. Well, I, it got me. I don't, I don't me usually by. do that. No, you don't. I liked it. AV, I liked it a lot.
1: AV came out and said, you know, he's not really one of our top best nine forwards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, he's... It's, Amazing, Really amazing. What? Really? Amazing. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> really I, was, I can't
1: even say that without laughing.
2: No, it was incredible. He went out and said that Mika made costly turnovers and didn't deserve to play anymore. That—that's what he said. That's not even. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but once you cut through the French Canadian accent, that—that's what Elaine Vigneault is saying. He's saying against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mika Zibanejad was one of the Rangers' eleventh uh, or twelfth forward. He—he would have. He basically healthy-scratched Mika Zibanejad for the third period.
1: Oh, my God. I um, just don't understand.
2: And then you, you pair – it, Ryan, let's let's go one f- step further. You pair that move. Yep. Benching Mika Zibanejad with Elaine Vigneault also saying that he benched his top power play unit because he didn't think Bu and Paul Carey were getting enough ice time.
1: And listen, whenever you got to give Boo and Paul Carey more ice time, you got to do it.
2: What? Especially if, it, especially if it means getting Bucinovic and Kreider off the ice. Why does he? I, it's 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 incredible, Ryan. It really is. And I said this on Twitter. I'm going to repeat it on here. December 23rd, 2017, is officially the day where the scales tipped. We're done. There is no more gray zone when talking about Elaine Vino. You're either firmly in the camp that thinks Elaine Vigneault runs an ineffective, useless system with a talented roster that is, in essence, holding this team back and he will or should not be the head coach of this hockey team any longer. You're firmly in the fire AV camp, or you're firmly of the belief that the players are letting down the coaching staff and Elaine Vigneault, as one of the most successful coaches in New York Rangers history, doesn't deserve the criticism he receives. There are now two camps in Rangers fandom. There's, Those are them. There's, there's, there's no, no other option. On the fence being like, well, I see what both sides are saying. You don't get to anymore. We are now past that point. You either want AV gone or AV can never do anything wrong to warrant a firing in your mind. It that's That's it. I don't see a gray line anymore. I, used, I I've firmly been on one side of the fence. I am, I am unabashed about it. If you listen to this podcast for the better part of the last eighteen months, it's really the only fucking thing I talk about, <laughs> besides the Mets. It, it, it is <laughs> obvious where I live, but I at least understood the middle. I got it. Like I, 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 I recognize that it exists. And, it
1: no and by the way, I was exists. part of the middle for a while. You were. I was.
2: And but, Ryan, it's obliterated. It's gone it's now. It's fucking gone. It's, it's the gone Magino lie. It doesn't exist anymore.
1: I don't get it. I was at the game watching it happen, live in front of my face, and JT Miller came out, and Buschnevich was on the bench, and Buschnevich was on the fourth line, and I just said to myself, here we go again. And I just – maybe he knows something that we don't, but I honestly, I don't think he does. And I just – I know I'm an armchair quarterback here. I'm in my room on Christmas Eve talking to my my dear friend Greg about hockey. What do I know? I've never played the game at a professional level. I've never coached at a professional level. But some of this stuff just seems like it's logical sense.
2: That's And, uh, well, I'll take it one step further. In our Discord, I jokingly said before the game started that JT Miller getting put in a position to play less ice time than Jimmy V C is somehow going to reward Elaine Vigneault one way or the other because – he just has a horseshoe so far stuck up his ass. And what happens? Jimmy Vc scores the first goal of the game for the Rangers. Absolutely. I knew it was going to happen before it happened because everything suggests that JT Miller should absolutely be in a position to either be firmly in the top six or at least be getting more ice time well, than Jimmy Vesey. Right, you and the second that Jimmy Vc gets put up again uh, above Jimmy, JT Miller in the lineup, I fucking knew. That VC was going to score. You
1: should have figured this it, out it otherwise. Was as
2: predictable as anything. You and
1: I were going, one of us went to the game. Jimmy VC is going to score. That's just He's how it works.
2: Jimmy VC, get us season tickets. I, I ran through the numbers when I was sitting in between Devils periods. VC has now scored, between you and I being at hockey games, four goals and has an overtime winner. Games that we go to. VC. Come if on. If VC wants to score 60 goals, get us fucking tickets. Come on, dude. You can put us in the tank. It doesn't yeah. matter where we sit. I don't sit, care where just we are.
1: Tickets. Just let us know.
2: Uh, if GMBC wants to be a top five scorer in the NHL, bro, pony up some tickets, get us some merch.
1: Man, I feel like today we have an abnormally large amount to talk about with this team. I I feel like sometimes we scrounge to see like what what's really going on, and I can just keep going.
2: Anthony, nah, you... dude, it, it's 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 that fucking tipping point. It, it, we're it, We're we're past it. It's gone. It's obliterated. It's over. It's done. Well, now you either want him gone or you're fine with him forever. There is no more there. There are two camps, and I swear to God, there's going to be a civil war.
1: It's we're close, and by the way, we have other defensemen.
2: We have them. Oh, we do. We do. It's incredible. And oh my god, we got it th- after the fucking Devils game where Holden outside, oh, of course, Holden scores the fucking goal. To I I I I hit winger. Everything. He, he might be. Just play him on a fucking wing. I don't care at this point. He's probably better on the wing than Paul Carey. As nice as Carey was against the Ducks, Holden's probably a better winger. Anyway, after the game, Elaine Vino has the nuts to stand up there and say words like Nick Holden is dependable and Nick Holden is reliable and Nick Holden has earned his spot on the top defensive pairing when very clearly Elaine, he hasn't. He's <laughs> fucking ass, dude. Just call it what it is. Whatever you want to describe Nick Holden as, the word should not be good. The word should be some form of bad. He's not bad. He is, Ryan. He's
1: not bad. He's a third pairing defenseman.
2: When you utilize him the way the Rangers utilize him, he's bad. If you you want to utilize Nick Holden properly, he might be an average NHL defenseman. You're right. This goes back to kind of some of our David Deharnay rants. If you just put David Deharnay in the role that he's successful in, he will be successful. The Rangers continually play Nick Holden in a role to expose him and make him fail, and then to stand up there and lie in my fucking face and call him dependable? Are you insane? Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> I fucking hate it, dude. I fucking hate it so much. It, that's the, the craziest, the most frustrating thing about this Ranger team, first of all, is that they're still in a goddamn playoff position where they don't deserve to be. And second, there are some obvious, easy, logical things this team could do to be better. And Elaine Vigneault looks at all of it and goes, nah, fuck it. I'm playing Jimmy VC in the top six. God, what a fucking idiot, dude. He's a so fucking moron. And- if you listen to this podcast and you want me to ever have a neutral opinion about Elaine Vigneault, it's over. It's gone. Find a different podcast. It's not blue sh- It's not banishing the blue shirts. They fucking hate him as much as I do. Uh, it's not any podcast Woj will be on because Woj is just going to call AV the P-boy that he is. And it's not... Go listen to fucking Tilted Ice. They probably blow <laughs> AV every fucking day. They got thirty-four followers, and the thirty-four followers are the guys that are just like, no, I think things are going pretty well with the Rangers. We're definitely we're in a gonna, playoff spot. We're doing all right.
1: Tweets about this now, just so you know. Um,
2: I don't give a shit. I, don't care, I right. am so angry that it deserves to be said. Uh, Merry Christmas, Grandpa Red. This is all for you and the kids that you gathered around your fucking Johnny. Windows ninety four <laughs> MacBook or whatever the John- shit you have. Poor Johnny. Um. Oh God. I needed to get that out. I feel so much better. You know
1: what's funny? We go in, we, in this interview that's coming up with Steve, we're like, Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> we're, oh, yeah. we're so <laughs> the, the calm. Is, oh my god. I meant so I meant I mentioned this. Steve and I, spoiler, um, we disagree on our opinions of Elaine Vino. And my responses to him were so calm and collective and somewhat understanding that I don't know if like, if, if Steve listens back to this podcast. First of all, Steve. Hello. Thank hey, you for Steve, listening. Thanks so much. Um, if he listens back to this podcast and hears this rant that we I just went on, and then he has to listen to a completely different sounding <laughs> discussion of Elaine Vigneault thereafter, it it, it it doesn't add up. It it doesn't. But it needed to be said, and I don't ca- I don't care. I I just don't. This team this team's not fun to watch, Ryan. I'm not gonna li- I'm not gonna stand here and lie. It, it, it's at a point now where I want Lane Vigneault gone so much. The only way I think it happens is if the Rangers don't make the playoffs. The Rangers make the playoffs. I, I already see the safe. excuses. Yeah. Yeah. The, the excuses management will come up with, um, oh, it was a really tough Metro. Um, it's a year where very good teams didn't even make the playoffs. The other teams in the East are playing ridiculous hockey. You couldn't have expected them to beat someone like the Capitals or the Blue Jackets or the Lightning. All of that is I, yeah, it's like Lightning's year, man.
1: How are we going to beat them?
2: I see the fucking excuses already. And I know that if the Rangers make the playoffs, we're getting at least another year of Vino. So the only way the Rangers, in my mind, can get rid of this man is if they don't make the playoffs. And that's a miserable place to be as a fan. It feels like I'm rooting against my favorite team. Of course, I am so much happier if the Rangers make the playoffs, regardless of who their fucking coach is. Playoff hockey is great. I best. want my team There's to be successful. If the Rangers win a cup with Elaine Vigneault, I will literally record a live video of me eating a physical crow. I will <laughs> eat bird. Like, fine. a hey live if bird. It is, today is Christmas Eve, 2017. If the New York Rangers in the summer of 2018 win a Stanley Cup, Ryan, I will go to Montreal, order crow. I don't even know where the <laughs> fuck I'll find it on a menu, and I will eat that shit raw. And I'll be happy because the Rangers will have a cup. But when that doesn't happen, I want Elaine Vigneault gone.
1: I think you I think
2: that's a fair fucking bet.
1: I think you have every right to say that now. Every right.
2: Mark it down. Mark it down. It's already Christmas Eve 2017. If the Rangers win the cup this year with Elaine Vigneault behind the bench, crow boys crow.
1: Ollie Crow actual
2: fucking crow.
1: I'll cook a crow. We're gonna hunt it down, kill it ourselves. Peter hates this podcast. Let's go to uh, – we didn't even talk about Pavlik and how he didn't start it. We don't need to. Uh, <laughs> do, do you want me to start again? No, we don't need to. Because I can. We don't
2: need to. Because I can. Let's if to, you want me to, I can. I have no. another one in the back.
1: Let's go to our interview. Come back. Let's thank, thank the listeners for a nice quality season and for getting us to 69 reviews. And then we'll call it a day. Ready? Sure. This is a much tamer version of us. Transition. <laughs> And we're back with our special surprise guest for the day, even though it's not a surprise cuz it it's in the title, Steve Hofsetter, a comedian and a huge Rangers fan who was recently featured on the MSG scoreboard. Steve, say hello. Frankly, I am shocked. It that- is a huge surprise. A huge honor that you're here or the huge no, honor. I'm, I'm saying
3: it was a surprise.
1: <laughs> I was going off of what you just said. You're you get a yes and this is comedy. You got a yes and. I'm just a really bad podcaster, my friend. You are the expert comedian. Um <laughs> we brought you on because uh, you know I saw your Rangers post uh, on the our Reddit saying you got on the they invited you to the game. How does that even happen?
3: Um so the first time it happened was because I was throwing out a bunch of ceremonial first pitches as like a promotional thing for my show laughs and you know, I'm a huge baseball fan. And so that was a fun thing to do. Um, but then, uh, I was like, Oh, maybe we can expand this. And there's like puck drops, right? Mm -hmm. So I was going to be in New York and New York was a really big market for the show. So I had my rep reach out to the Rangers of like, Hey, is it possible to do a puck drop? And they were like, well, absolutely not. However, <laughs> we, we do have this program where, you know, like we invite people to games. And look, I've been on house seats before to other teams. And I was like, okay, great. I get a couple seats. That's awesome. And then they were like, make sure to get there an hour before the game for dinner. And I was like, what? What? what like, like, you getting me a hot dog or what's going on? Like what's <laughs> happening? and uh and then they were like and no jeans no sneakers and i was like oh what? this is fancy so uh yeah it's basically you go to like the owner's suite uh well there's first there's an owner's dining room first so hmm. and i've done this with nicks and with rangers games and the hockey games are so much more fun because in between periods you get to go to the suite like, you know, in between quarters, it's not a big deal. And and at halftime with the Knicks, you know, you go back up to the dining room. But the dining room is enormous and a bunch of people are there. And there are separate tables. So you don't really interact with anyone you didn't come there with. Mm-hmm. However, the suite is really tiny and there are pretty much no seats. So everybody's just talking to each other. And it's really cool. You get to meet all kinds of interesting people. And it's a lot of fun. It's a hell of a way to watch a game. And I, I don't know what the limit. Like, I know I'm not, like, famous. And so I... I, like I am, I, I do okay, but I'm not like like when they put me up on the board. Like some people were excited, but most of the most of the garden was kind of like, Woo. well, that's a person. So like when they put the Hadid sisters up, everybody was like, oh my god, that's amazing! They're gorgeous and they're famous. And then they put me up, and they're like, well, he's wearing a Ranger shirt. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, the- I, I don't want to abuse my like I don't want to abuse the hospitality, but they've been really great to me, and I try to go to like. Somewhere between you know one two maybe three games a year on it, uh, and it and it's a ton of fun.
2: Did uh, do you think any of the fans were just wondering themselves, man? For a guy that quarterbacked the Giants in the late eighties, early nineties, he looks really young.
3: Yeah, yeah, they were like, you know, Jeff Hossettler looks real, he looks real good, and also has a different face. <laughs> uh, but no, what was good is they do play, they do play a clip beforehand to give people context. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they know, like even a even like a like a famous person like a real famous person, not like a pretend-to-be-famous person like me, but like a real famous person, uh, you know, like they've had a – you know, like I, I was there when they put like a boxer up, and people aren't going to offhand know who the boxer is, so they show a clip of him boxing first, you know? That makes so, sense. Yeah, so they do that. And so on this one, it was good because like my clip got laughs, which was really positive, and then they showed me. So that was nice. And like – uh, apparently, the Hadid sisters thought I was funny, so that was like...
2: Well, the, really you good. don't need anything else. You're good now. Yeah, your money you down on that for a week. I'm done. <laughs> uh, ever, have you ever run into Margot Robbie? She's basically, I, I think she's taken the mantle as the most famous Ranger fan, maybe?
3: Uh, I have not, although I did run into her publicist at the game.
2: Oh, completely.
3: that's pretty close. Uh, Interesting. Uh, she didn't say like, hi, I'm Margot Robbie's publicist. But, like, we talked for a little bit, and she gave me a card, and then I looked her up, and I was like, oh, that's Margot Robbie's publicist. Among other clients, she represents a lot of great people. But uh, there are always interesting people at the game.
1: It's, it's, uh, it's a whole lot of fun. So you mentioned that you're not really that famous, but about seven years ago, I was driving in my car, and you were on Francesa? But you were on for, yeah. a, like, a, a normally long time. Like, you came on as a guest, and then he just kept you on? Was, was that planned? So y- you want to know the behind-the-scenes? I though? really do. I've been killing me for years. Okay. Okay, so
3: <laughs> I was being looked at to be his co-host. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. So when when Mad Dog left, they did, like, an exhaustive search, which did not include me. Mm-hmm. But six months later, when the search was basically done, and they're like, we got nobody, uh, I met with uh, CBS Radio in New York, which, you know, owns the fan. And so the guy who I met with was like, you'd be perfect for this job. And I was like, I know. So... Uh, <laughs> So then, I had actually when I, when Russo said he was going to leave, I'd reached out to my ma- to my then manager and said, "Reach out to the fan," and she got nowhere, you know. Yeah. So then, uh, okay. So, all right. So they reached out to the fan and uh, nothing doing. They didn't care. But anyway, so I had this meeting. It goes really well, and they're like, "We should introduce you to the program director of WFAM. and they did, and the meeting went really well, and he was like. I want to look at you for Francesca's co-host. Okay. And I was like, that would be an amazing job. A difficult one, but an amazing <laughs> one. Yes. So uh, they had, first they introduced me to him at lunch. They basically were like, we're going to bring you on for an hour. We're not going to say we're looking at you as a co-host because if it doesn't work, they don't want to be seen as that.
0: Mm-hmm. We're just right. going to
3: bring you on for an hour as a guest and see how you vibe with him. So I was like, absolutely. So we go to lunch first. And it was very interesting to have someone who's never done stand-up comedy tell me how to do stand-up comedy. But oh. such is the life of Mike Francesa. So uh he so anyway, we go on the air together and it actually goes really well. Um It was a great job. Thank you. There were a couple of callers. I was needling him a lot. I was kind of doing the whole like, you know, I'm the young buck in the know and you're, you know, the old man who knows a lot about sports, but I could still make fun of you because you don't have a cell phone kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> all true. Uh two different people called ostensibly from landlines and uh, they called afterward and independently just said, Hey, that, that was great. That should be your new co-host. Now Mike had already kind of wanted to not have a co-host and he had already gotten away with it for six months where the ratings were doing great. And so he didn't have a co-host, but uh, meanwhile, FAN brought me in to host an overnight shift which was a lot of fun and it went well but not well enough for me to get my own show and you know such is such as the the way the
1: the proverbial cookie crumbles yeah that was just the first time i I heard of you and uh i remember being like this guy's actually fucking funny and he plays well with francesa and then uh, three years later you were on the front page of reddit for destroying hecklers and that seems to be also your bit um which has gone really well and i just seem to be popping into you over the past 10 years uh and if you you're out there and you haven't checked Steve out yet what are you doing uh, but you're not here to talk about your career you're here to talk hockey my friend yes um what is your take so are you a pro av guy where do you stand this is important for us am i a pro what av Elaine vigno. oh uh
3: yeah sorry i just i didn't i didn't know him by his uh his, by his nickname his nickname amy i was like I was like, audio, video? Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, look, uh, I think a lot of times we think we know more about coaches than we do. Um, People are so quick to blame a coach when things go well and reward or blame a coach when things don't go well and say he's a genius when they do, forgetting the fact that so much of it is about the players. Now, look, that said, coaches are very important, but look, you know, Stanley Cup, we we were very close, and we were very close to beating a team we had no business beating. Yeah. Like, we were up by two goals in two of those games. Like, yeah, it collapsed, but still. Um, and so I, I think that, like, have we won the Cup under him? No. Have we done very well under him? Yes. And so the same way that, like, people would freak out with the Giants when Tom Coughlin didn't have the best season, forgetting the fact that he had great ones, or people freaked out with the Mets at Terry Collins this past year, Forgetting the fact that we're in the World Series two years ago and in the playoffs a year ago. So I, I think that I I don't know enough to know yes or no, but my instinct is yes.
2: Hmm. Uh, my 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 instinct is the exact opposite, but we don't we don't need to pick <laughs> okay. a fight over that. Um, no, is Mark,
3: there... I'm gonna sit here and eat some almonds while you tell me while you tell me why you know more than the Rangers general manager. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> don't. <laughs>
2: I, I mean, I don't think it takes a genius to know that Nick Holden shouldn't be a top-pairing defenseman and that J.T. Miller shouldn't be getting less ice time than David D'Arnais. Those are two very easy things that I don't okay. think it, it takes a rocket scientist to figure out.
3: Well, wait. Are you talking about stats, though, or do you know them personally and how the team
2: feels about them? I'm, I'm talking about the performance on the ice, specifically. I, Nick Holden about- could be the sweetest human being in the world. That doesn't mean he should be a top-pairing defenseman. No,
3: what I'm saying is have you have you – Done an analysis of the performance of other people
2: while he's playing. Also, Nick, specifically, Nick Holden. Yes, uh, I, I, for I will be the first one to admit that I am not smart enough to do the research for it. But I, I am luckily able to read very smart people's takes on it. And uh, right. one of one of the guys who does a lot of writing for us, Drew Way, he does deep dives all the time that goes beyond just your basic on the back of your sports card numbers and.
3: Okay. And, Nick, and, and Nick, by Nick the, way, the struggles. Holden was unbelievably good in the game that I was just at. But aside from that, what I'm saying is there's a lot that we don't know that we tend to think we do know. Sure. And I know enough to know that I don't know it. Like for instance, you know, look, I know baseball better than hockey. So a lot of the examples I can use, of things that I do know behind the scenes are baseball. That's actually us. So, I do. I do the exact the same thing. Actually, the, this whole podcast.
2: Yeah. The uh, the ongoing joke on the podcast is it usually takes me about five minutes to relate everything the Rangers are doing back to the Mets.
3: Okay. Well, good. So let's use that as an example. Okay. Sure. Uh, when you look at, you know, when you look at the Mets in 2015, all right, One of the reasons they did so well is because everybody really enjoyed playing together. And that does affect a team. It's 162 games. In hockey, we're talking about half that, okay? But that's still a whole lot. We're not talking about football where you get out there for 16 games, all right? We're talking about a very long 80-plus game season, throw the playoffs in there, and you're looking at it like 100 games, okay? Mm -hmm. So you do need people who make the job better. These are human beings. A lot of times people forget and be like, well, that robot doesn't score as much as that other robot. It's like, no, these are human beings that need to enjoy playing together to have a positive environment, to believe in each other, to feel that other people believe in them. And whether that's happening or whether that's not, I have no fucking idea. But my point (laughs) is, too often we forget about the human element of the game. And so what I'm saying is, if you've done a deep dive into the into you know, what is he like when he's on the ice? What are other players like when he's on the ice? What are players like when he is hurt and out and not a presence there? Like, those are all factors that they know more about than we do. And could he also... I mean, I also may be overlooking at this and be like, yeah, he sucks, get him out of there. But my point is, there's always a lot more about about any of these games that we don't know than we do know.
2: Sure, and I think... Even jumping off that point, one of the things Ryan and I have talked about consistently is one of our gripes with AV, maybe as you're saying, one of the most important things the team needs is chemistry. And the only way in my mind, especially for defensive pairing partners, AV was juggling his pairing so much on a game-to-game basis that it was nearly impossible for anyone to get any kind of chemistry playing with whoever they were playing with that night. So Ryan and I were saying, that's true. If they're going to be bad, let it be bad for a couple of games, just so we know they're bad. But he was juggling so much that it, a, Av he juggles when he doesn't need to, and then when he needs to juggle, he doesn't. It, it's it's a weird relationship I have with him. I've I've been okay. very much out on Av and since. I, uh, and I I
3: see what I see what you're saying. Um, we are three points out of first place. That's so, correct. Somehow, uh, that is that is kind of good. Um, it's true
2: but then you're like so
3: but hold on a second yep look at look at the talent on this roster compared to the rest of the league and i wouldn't say we deserve to be three points out of first place so i i think that is he doing the best job a coach could do no are there coaches who are doing a better job than he is yes uh is he doing well for what he has also yes
2: to peek behind the curtain, because we love to tell people when we actually record the podcast, we're actually recording this on Friday. It'll be going up Monday night. Um, I oh, was so at they, the so Ra- by
3: now they could be in first place.
2: Ooh. they, they yeah. could. Right I ahead. was at the Ranger. <laughs> Probably <Devil> not. Game. <laughs> I was. I was at the Ranger Devil game last night, and it was the. We're, we're talking about how the Rangers are only three points out of first. They didn't deserve a point last night. The only reason that game went to overtime is because Henrik Lundqvist played on his out of his mind again, because that's what he does. But a game like that, there are no adjustments made during the game. There are obvious problems during the game. And again, you're you're right. AV is a hockey coach for a reason. Uh, I am a guy that hosts a weekly podcast and likes to yell about it. He very much has more going on for him than I ever will in terms of personal success and knowing the game of hockey. But at the same time, if if there's an obvious answer and you choose not to take it, I think that says something about someone.
3: Okay. And, and look, I know way less than you do. You know, I am. You you might not.
2: I don't know much.
3: (laughs) uh, I mean, look, that's actually the first thing I've agreed with, but (laughs) I I, look, I am a casual fan. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not a diehard. I love them. I've been watching them for 25 years now. Um I started watching in ninety two. A friend of mine got me got me into it. I was I was thirteen. Nice timing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually very funny because I went to the Rangers parade and like all these people were like 54 years. And I'm like, two and a half. But anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, I've been watching them lose for two and a half, but actually they were already good. So um but anyway, point being that like I, I just think that people tend to make snap decisions when it comes to, you know, coaches, managers, that sort of thing. And I I think a lot of that has to do with people's moods and, you know, and, and I just, the point I wanted to make was not for or against AV. It was against snap decisions when it comes to coaching and taking
1: frustrations out on coaches. That's That's, it. That's totally fair. Uh, There's a lot. That's pretty much the Twitter atmosphere, isn't it? That's the internet age we kind of live in that snap instant reaction, anger that everyone has now. We, and Mm -hmm. we, we try and be more, you know, we're 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 a little bit more than casual, um, but we try and be level minded about this team in general. We just like to look at the easy decisions that could help us. And now we're we're also armchair quarterbacks. We don't you know we oh. don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, and ab- and absolutely,
3: and it's one of those things that like you know to take it back to the Mets, uh, like with Terry Collins. Yeah, did he make some really dumb bullpen decisions? Absolutely. Did he make some terrible lineup decisions? Absolutely. Is he a clubhouse guy that these guys will run through a wall for? Absolutely. So. And I will take a, I'll take a clubhouse guy over a stats guy any day.
2: Yeah, I was. I, I think Ryan knows this. I've wanted nothing more than to love Terry Collins because the players seem to love him, and that was enough for me. But it is hard sometimes to look at Hansel Robles on a third day when he shouldn't be pitching at all, or hitting Eric Campbell cleanup on days where he shouldn't be playing at all. It's stuff like that that irks me to no end. But
3: Yeah, ab- absolutely. But it's the thing, the, the kind of personality that it takes to be a clubhouse guy. And I say this as someone, I would not be a clubhouse guy. I would be a sit there pouring over stats, putting the guy, you don't like it, take it or leave it, shut up. Like, I don't know how to make a guy who doesn't like you like you. I'm right. very, very binary. And I know that. And so I appreciate those that aren't, you know, I appreciate those that, that do have that, you know, that. Interpersonal charisma that you know everybody likes you kind of thing because I, I absolutely don't have that going for me. If I are did, big- the cheers would
2: be louder at the garden. <laughs> are you uh, are you a big Mickey Calloway guy so far? Uh,
3: I think it's too early to be, but I, I I am excited about what he's done in the past. I am excited that about his approach to pitching, and he he does seem like a more modern version of a clubhouse guy, like a clubhouse guy that understands what sabermetrics is, mm-hmm. uh, and so it it is. I, I'm interested to see how this goes.
2: I'm right there with you on that one. Uh, jumping back to the Rangers a little bit, you mentioned being in the owner suite in between games. You ever run into Dolan?
3: Uh, yeah, I have not had a conversation with him because I am not stupid. And <laughs> I, I know that, like, it could, only be, it could only be bad, you know? Like, I'm not going to say anything that's going to make him be like, oh, this is my adopted son, you know? Like, I can only accidentally say something that pisses him off. And then, you know, I'm already in. Why would I risk that? If he wants to talk to me, he knows who I am. I'm there, happy to talk to him. If if he doesn't, then that's fine with me. And I, you know, and I've talked to people who are like high up there, like his, you know, kind of his, you know, right and left hand type of people. And that's fine. And if he wants to, look, I'm standing right in front of him a couple of different times. I'm usually like within a few seats from him. And if he wants to say something to me, he certainly can, but I am not going to go interrupt his.
1: <laughs> it's probably it's, he's, he's nice enough to have me there. It's probably for the best. Where do you see this team? You know, where's your projection for this team going forward? Now that you've kind of seen them on ice, you you say they have the talent. Well, they don't have the talent, but they're still performing otherwise. Uh, where do you? I, I want to kind of wrap this up, and I know you got you're kind of on a time limit here, but yeah, where where do you uh, where do you see this team going this year for yourself? Ah, uh, it's so hard. it's hard to know because they they've surprised me in both directions so many
3: times. And the thing that's always fun and frustrating about the Rangers is like, I'm looking forward to them signing someone who should have retired three years ago. Cause that is just everyone. If you ever want to buy like a custom Rangers jersey of your favorite player from another team, just wait 20 years. And we'll play for the <laughs> so like there, there's always that, but again, that's leadership and that's fun. And the fact that Gretzky was a Ranger is really cool, you know? So <laughs> it is neat. Uh, yeah, that that's the that's the upside of that. Um so you know what I I frankly I don't know. Uh Henrik is getting old and that worries me because the Rangers have always been a very when they've been successful it's because of goalies. Like yes, did they have lines that played out of their minds in 94? Absolutely. But Mike Richter was a was just a fucking wall. And so if like we need to figure this out before we lose Henrik Two- and I, I don't know
1: how to do that. We are on our two, two, last two-year window. That's what I kept saying. Um, yeah. S- Steve, I would love to have you back on when Mets season comes so you and Greg can kind of nerd out for real on that. If you're, if, you're, <laughs> if you're around, because this podcast seriously is a Mets podcast, a secretly disguised as a Rangers podcast. Um, Sound, sounds good to me. Do you want to uh, plug any of your stuff before you get out of here? I know you got, you're coming to New York April 7th. Um, I am. I'm going to be back in New York April 7th and also probably before then. I actually,
3: I'm the co-host of SNY's Mets podcast called oh. Meet, Meet the Mets Cast. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's me and Rob Brander from SiriusXM and uh, Matt Cerrone. Okay, cool. Um, so it's, uh, it's a fun one for the Mets fans out there. And uh, my book's coming out. My book comes out March 20th. You can pre-order it on Amazon right now. Uh, it's called Ginger Kid, Mostly True Tales of a Former Nerd. The joke, of course, being former. Mm -hmm. and uh and the other thing is uh just go uh go to my youtube check out my videos watch some comedy uh one of the one of them was played at at the garden so that was cool being the big screen at the garden was kind of fun uh and aside from that and you know just tweet me and tell me how wrong i am about everything i said today
1: perfect one last nonsense question before we get out here it's a classic old age internet question we ask everybody is a hot dog a sandwich what is a hot dog a sandwich I've never heard that before. No, I'm kidding. What the fuck are you talking about? Of course a hot dog is not a sandwich.
3: A hot dog is a hot dog. Uh, this is my A guy. taco is not a this sandwich. My guy. A blintz is not a sandwich. Excuse. A knish is not a sandwich. Just because things have stuff around them don't suddenly make them a uh. sandwich. Now, if a hot dog, if the bread was not connected, you know, like the fold <laughs> right. of the bread? Yep. If that wasn't connected, mm-hmm. fucking A, that's a sandwich. <laughs> but it is.
2: Here's, and here's so it's here's, not. Here's my counter, though. Take... Take the hot dog out of the hot dog bun and put, like, cold cut turkey, cheese, lettuce, mayo in that hot dog bun. Is that a sandwich or is that something else? It's a sub. Uh, is a sub not all, a sandwich?
3: It's not, it's not a sub because a hot dog bun is not uh, is not that. That's fair. Uh, a hot dog bun is very specific to that. Um, I I think that if you're saying you put all that stuff in, what I would say is that you need to be committed <laughs> because why would you do a hot dog bun is the worst part of the hot dog a hot dog bun hot dogs are so good that we accept hot dog buns do you know what i mean that's a great it's like take. a hot a hot dog bun without the hot dog and anything else on it you would be like what is this shitty potato-ish kind of dry unflavored garbage that they call bread but because hot dogs are so good we're just like "Ooh, hot dog so if you were to try to make a hot dog into a sandwich, that would be stupid. Now, that said, if you were to take a hot dog and another hot dog, oh. like in the buns, and then put something in between, maybe like a hamburger, mm-hmm. um, that would be a sandwich.
2: I think I know what Mama's on Corona needs to start cooking up. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, but you're just – you're just wrong because a hot dog is a sandwich. My favorite and, comedian, and
1: the- Steve Hofster. thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey,
2: one, one more thing before you bounce on us. Uh, okay. Where would you rank yourself in terms of famous Met fan comedians? Oh, do you fall, where do you fall in?
3: I mean probably top 20 <laughs> because of how many <laughs> huge ones there are. There was actually I, – I ended up becoming friends with Michael Price who writes for The Simpsons because mm-hmm. of an article that was written that we were both included in. And we kind of commiserated about the idea of like, hey, everyone else in this article is so much more famous than us. Because Met fan comedians, Jon Stewart, uh, Kevin James, Jerry Seinfeld, Ray Romano, uh, uh, Bill Maher, it's Hank Azaria. It's yep. fucking insane.
2: Chris, Chris Rock's a big yeah, one too. Chris
3: Rock. Uh, yeah. The idea that I left off Chris Rock. That's how many. De- <laughs> Meanwhile, the Yankees, the powerhouse New York Yankees, Billy Crystal. And the next funniest guy who's a Yankee fan uh, drives a taxi as a day job.
2: So oh, so I, you think Michael Kays is a comedian? That's
3: hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nicely done. Um, I,
3: yeah, I, I don't know. I, the, my theory in the article was that it was, uh, it's because the Mets are the underdog and so are comedians. So we tend to gravitate toward each
2: other. My theory's always been if you're not laughing, it's just damn sad. So yeah, that's also true.
3: You need a sense of humor. The people who establishment people like the Yankees, the people who you know the Yankee way. The, if you think a crew cut is a good idea, like you're more of a Yankee fan. But if you are, you know, if you are someone who who grows a beard or has, you know, you're counterculture. You're more of
1: a you're a Met fan, and it's it's a it's an easy way to divide people down the line. It definitely is. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate all your time. Everyone go check out his book, Pre-Ordered on Amazon. Come see him in, in New York on April 7th. And go watch all this comedy on YouTube. Thanks, Steve, so much. Talk to you soon. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Rangers. Hey, welcome back. Thanks so much for Steve for coming on. He's a great guest. Awesome. a little bit of tidbits there. Nice those. I like those. I like tidbits big, is what I'm saying. I'm a big, big hopster guy. I'm not going to lie. I, like I said, I've kind of been going around with hopsetter for a while. It's, uh, he's been, he's been fun. I'm, I'm going to try and go see him April 7th when he's in New York. It'll be fun.
2: It is. It is funny to me how many comedians are Met fans though.
1: It is. He did make a good point about the, the Yankees met uh conundrum.
2: <laughs> yeah. Billy, Billy Crystal. Billy, Billy Crystal. Crystal
0: and,
1: and that's it. Um, so listen, we're going to read some iTunes reviews in a couple seconds here. But before we get to that, you know, I, I went to the game, talked about that earlier, kind of bragging, I guess, at this point.
2: Sure.
0: sure. Uh,
1: there was a lady in front of us. And, mm. and again, thank you so much, Diana, if you're listening. I know you are for these tickets. Another lady in front of us that was just uh, – she seemed perfectly happy. She bought her kid – she had a 10-year-old kid with her. She bought her kid cotton candy and a Santa hat. I was dressed as Santa. It was a, it was a joyous hmm. time. Uh, Drew, I brought Drew and I, and uh, we were we were talking about hockey during the game. Can you believe it? What a sin. Uh, that,
2: that doesn't sound like something you should do at a hockey game.
1: And, and you know what, Greg? You know what else I was doing? yelling a little bit well, from time to time about, great job, guys, Get, stay on the puck, you know, whatever you yell at, shoot the puck! <laughs>
2: whatever. Uh, whatever. Don't be a shoot the puck, bro.
1: I wasn't doing that. I was That was sarcasm. But, you know, it was like, I, I was cheering on like, the team. Zook. great job, Zook, whatever,
2: you know, as you do. So, so you're saying you went to a sporting event and you cheered on sports.
1: Yeah, I did. That and seems
2: like a noble concept.
1: I thought that was incredible. And, and, and I wouldn't be mad about this if, if she confronted us um, very nicely about it, but She took out her phone and she, like, had a meme generator pretty much. And, like, you know, like, the big white meme font? Yes. She put that on a black background and she kind of held her phone over her shoulder to us. And she was, like, kind of, like, casually showing us her phone. Not directly. Like, really, really casually. And it just said, you guys are being way too loud.
2: So it's almost like she wanted to scold you guys, but not see her kids scold you.
1: Yes, and Drew and I were not being—were we a little intoxicated? Absolutely. It was Christmas. It was uh, Christmas Eve weekend uh, at at a Ranger game. We definitely had a few in us, but we were not being obscene. We weren't yelling out curse words. Even Drew, when he sat down, he was like, "Oh, there's a kid in front of us." Like I would usually yell stuff at the players that's obscene. But you know what? We're not going to do that. But we were chit chatting about the game and analytics and what we're going to do with the website and what we're going to do with Blue Shirt's Breakaway going forward and uh, and uh, what we think about the team. And we even got like this deep dive about the power play. And she just keeps holding the phone off. And I was like, is she? I'm like looking at her. I was like, is she talking to us? What's it? what's the deal here? All of a sudden, she turns around. She's like, you guys are very loud. It's like, do you know where we are? Do you know where we are? We're in <laughs> we're in a Rangers game.
2: No, dude, you to, you're at you're uh, at Madison Square Library.
1: I just, I just what, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I talk loud. I'm a loud talker a little bit,
2: but I will. Uh, you yeah, would, great. I, I it is it is a it is it is a good thing that I was not at that game with that experience going on. I would because as angry as I just was on the podcast, uh, would have been that angry in person, and I would not have taken lightly to someone trying to mom me when I was experiencing something that is of monetary uh, expenditure. Like, I don't know what the word is. If I spent money, I get to do whatever the fuck I want. It was
1: a gift given to me and I'm enjoying my gift and I appreciate this Christmas gift. So please let me yell at the, at the Leafs. Please let me yell at Austin Matthews. Please let me yell and say, go Zook or yell Zook. And then I, I I tried to start every single chant after that. Henrik
2: Henrik Henrik let's that's, go, that's let's go Rangers I've been, to, I've been to enough games with you where I've heard you like interact with or try and interact with the game going on in front of you I, I want to classify it as loud I'm not loud I'm really I, not I am, I am loud like I have yeah. no volume control
1: no I'm not obnoxious at games I'm actually generally pretty quiet and I'm observing what's going on I'll yell like it's... yeah boys let's go something like that or when the goal happens of course I'm screaming but to, turn, to hold the phone, yeah. to be so petty and passive-aggressive, holding the phone, you guys are too loud. Over the, her the shoulder.
2: One, the thing I hate the most is that neither of you just asked why. Like I, I, It would have been the first word out of my mouth. Like, wh- why are you acting the way you act? What has happened in your life that has resulted in this existence that you currently occupy? I'm not
1: hurting your kid. What went what, what wrong? If her kid wasn't there, this would have been a full thing. But I feel like I, I did not want to get him involved in this. It's his, it's his also Christmas weekend. This is probably yeah. something for him. I did not want to ruin this ten-year-old kid's night. I think that's the right thing to do. But yeah. at the same time, like, like said, who are you? It's a,
2: it's who are good you? thing, good yeah. thing I wasn't there with you and Drew. It's, um, like, while we're talking about while we're talking about fan experiences,
1: one last thing year. though, before we Go move on. on, you would have told that kid not to pay for sex.
2: Uh, no, 10's a little young. <laughs> if, I thought he was, if I thought he was 11, that's one thing. It's true. Um, while we're talking about in-game experiences. Yes. Uh, so, I, like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, I was able to go to the Devils-Rangers game at the Prudential Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to go courtesy of a friend of the podcast, Keith Kincaid. He's, he's a great guy. He got myself, Jeff, who's been on this podcast a couple times, mm-hmm. and our friend Ryman, some tickets in the uh, family section. So... To say that this this was the one time in my life where I had to be the most behaved I've ever been in my existence as a sports fan, this was it. Like no Ranger gear. Ryan and I didn't even stand up when the Rangers scored. We weren't allowed to do anything. We just had to experience the Prudential Center for everything that it is, which 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 is it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, but to the guy, the bro, the frat bro that was sitting about nine rows behind me, uh, who was going out of his way to start or attempt to start No Cups chants directed at Henrik Lundqvist, I just want you to know that I know what your face looks like. And I know what your voice sounds like. And the next time I see you on the street, I promise you I will not be behaved. I will ruin you. I will will attempt to ruin you. He's probably big enough to kick my ass, but I am dumb enough to pick that fight. I get it. And if I see a devil fan in my life, Jeff included, and he, I told him this after the game, if there is a devil fan that wants to enter my life and try to start a no-cups chant at Henrik Lundqvist, I will fuck you up. <laughs> protect that's, that's, protect that's your a, boys, Greg. I, there are some things in my life that I will just not accept. Um, rooting for any Philadelphia sports team, just like flat-out rooting for them. Anything. Yelling at Henrik Lundqvist, besmirching David Wright, Uh, and speaking ill of Michael Beasley, those are four things that I'm not going to stand
1: for. (laughs) The Michael Beasley thing really got me. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about all the reviews. We just said we're going to read five. I'm just going to read a bunch. Okay.
2: Let's do it. What what are we up to now? Like as of recording, we Uh, we hit 69. We made a big deal of it. We've since gone past that.
1: As of recording, I believe we're at 74, 69, five stars though. Nice. Hey, that's
2: perfect. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. You guys are the best.
1: Four stars. The five, four stars. Thanks. Appreciate it. Could, could be better. And I agree with you, by the way. That could that's, be a, that's a fact. All right. So uh, I'm going to read a bunch of these. And I'm going to probably butcher names. And bu- probably butcher the reading of them. So this is from uh, J. Dulios on December 13th. Is it,
2: no it, way that's his name, but keep going.
1: Oh, these are all uh, – it's not actually. It's whatever they type in the I- – No, whatever Whatever
2: he was trying to type, I'm saying that's not what he what- – just came out of your mouth was not what he was trying to say. Oh, absolutely.
1: Awesome podcast. It's hockey season. It's always great to get more news and inside of the Rangers. The guys do a great job, uh, and their individual points of views are interesting and refreshing. I do enjoy the extra banner. I am also a fan of other New York sports teams. I do find myself wishing for a bit more content on the Rangers. Okay. Uh, That's fair. That's fair.
2: I think we we hit you up good today, friend.
1: I think we did. uh, This comes up again, the, the, the bit more content of the Rangers part. Uh, I think over the past, and I want, I kind of want to address this for everyone out there. I think okay. we've done a pretty good job over the past couple of weeks of just upping our Ranger content as much as possible. I know we are a, a bare bones Ranger podcast. Uh, so, and then, and then the nonsense comes second for sure. You know, there's been like no Mets talk whatsoever for like three weeks. Uh, and we did do a Stanton podcast. And there's going to be a lot more Yankees talk this year, especially cause I'm a huge Yankee fan. So there'll be, you'll get, you'll get both sides of the coin this year, guys. That, that'll be coming.
2: Where's Shane going? My roommate is walking outside with a six-pack of beer and three gifts in his hand. Am I missing something?
1: You probably are. It's probably Christmas. Uh, And uh, so we we will be talking, you know, more New York sports, especially, Uh, you know, we have the Knicks wall on. We're going to be doing a lot more New York sports this year in general, covering the Yankees, covering the Knicks and stuff like that. But we do want to provide as much Ranger content as possible. There are some weeks where I know we skim a little bit and we do like 35 to 45 minutes of it. And it could be the whole time. And I, I appreciate that you guys come to us for Rangers content, um, but we're going to
2: do our best. I, to piggyback off that, I will say, I think you and I have been doing a better job of the first 20 minutes of the podcast, at least really focusing down on the Rangers and talking specifically about the Rangers. Yep. Um, when we bring on our guests, we try and keep the first part of the interviews with our guest about the Rangers or hockey's or analytics or whatever the reason is we brought them on for, but it. It is rare for us to get these guys on the podcast, so it will delve the nonsense just because we want to talk about as much as we can with these guys.
1: Yeah, and um, and I love the yeah. nonsense. I know it's crazy. I just love yeah. the nonsense.
2: But we're also – Ryan and I, we'll, we'll, again, peeling back the curtain a little bit, we're trying to come up with ideas for more bonus podcasts to reward our Patreon subscribers. Yep. And I think Ryan and I are doing a better job or at least trying to do a better job of keeping some of our longer nonsense points for those podcasts.
1: And also for
2: example, example, we did a star Wars podcast. Yep. This instead of us doing 15 or 10, 15 minutes on star Wars on this main podcast, we brought your friend angel and now my friend angel on, For 40 minutes of it. Yeah. And, and that's available to everyone on our Patreon.
1: And if you don't want it right now, you wait a couple of weeks and it'll come out. We're everything that gets, you know, eventually recorded on, except for like the super exclusive stuff, uh, will come out eventually. You guys will get to hear it and I appreciate it. But if you want to hear it now and you like what we do, you can go to our Patreon. That's our plug for that today. Let's keep going with, uh, with, with reviews here. Hip Hop Jorge 89, a Patreon supporter. There you go. He says, Go New York Rangers. And in Japanese, he wrote, A hot dog is not a sandwich. Nice. Uh, so he lied,
2: well, he, he lied in Japanese. Good to know.
1: Okay. Uh, next is uh, Hallinger. Says, best of the New York Rangers podcast. Nice. Nice job. Thank you. Love the chemistry Ryan and Greg have. Impressed with the effort and consistency they put forth so much. I, I gladly contribute via Patreon. I promise I didn't know this was coming. Uh, they, they must be good if something I'm willing to give them money for, which is already free. That's true. Thank you. Uh, These two make you feel, feel like it's a passionate discussion each week with good rangers friends. And company and so much, so much more. Nice.
2: I just the, the part of him saying uh, I appreciate the effort. It's like a girl telling you afterwards, like, "Well, you tried. You tried. That's really all I could ask for. You tried. Hey, you tried. You're consistent. <laughs> you're consistently trying, and that's you're us. consistently putting forth your best effort. And while you're you're just a C plus student, I respect the fact that you're trying to do better.
1: Here's um here's one that actually hits us pretty hard. This is, this is oh, fair boy. criticism. I showed you this one. Is, uh,
2: it, is, is it hits you hard or hits me hard? I feel like it's directed almost exclusively at me.
1: Eh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from F Hammer 8. A great host with great analysis, but... Ellipsis. This season they have really been talking about things not Ranger, pretzies, or even hockey related way too much. Your analysis is great. Would be amazing if we can get more of it during the show. Been listening since early last season. I've enjoyed this pod. In my opinion, it's the best Rangers pod. Great audio quality compared to the others and much funnier. Thank you. However, this season, there has been much off-hockey discussion, and it's getting tiresome. The content is excellent during the dog days of summer, but why it's necessary during the prime of NHL season? Like the host, Greg, I'm a big Mets fan, but I honestly don't want to hear about them and New York baseball in December for an entire episode of Rangers podcast during the NHL season. Either way, keep it up, guys. Love the guests and the swearing. Thanks. Impossible to keep a clean mouth when talking about AV, as you saw earlier.
2: Uh, listen, Hams. Now that you've brought this up, I would like to go on a 25-minute rant about <laughs> no. how I think Dom Smith will be more successful if he changes his batting stance. No. And here's why. No, look, I get it, and I, I honestly, I, in a way, he's right. I, I probably do bring up the Mets more than. A human should. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, guys. You're, I can only be my best self on the podcast. It's all, it's all I know how to be. And gun to my head, my first love is the New York Mets. It's the thing I know best when it comes to sports. It's the thing I have the most experience with. And I do base my Ranger fandom on how I would react if these things were happening to the Mets. For because me, to me, that's the most relatable thing I have.
1: And for me, my reaction is immediate emotion because Rangers are my number one by far. So. You're not, you're not Yankees,
2: you know, Yankees are your number one, you talk talking
1: I'm about. I'm a huge Yankee fan. <laughs> um,
2: but <laughs> but to- he, he's right. He's right. Like there are times where I don't need to delve into a conversation about a – I'm sure that I've done this multiple times.
1: Yep. Uh, I do my best to like keep us on track going with the on stuff. But- during a
2: Met game while we're podcasting, I could probably cut that out. He's right. Um, but –
1: and again, we're going I to try honestly. And...
2: I, I think I'd be more boring if I didn't talk about the Mets.
1: I also agree with that. We're, we are going to try and do more Ranger stuff. We the podcast, if you guys have noticed, have been substantially longer for some reason. <laughs> um, so we do. I think that's
2: because, I honestly think they're longer because we now have guests, and that adds like twenty to thirty minutes on itself.
1: That does it too. Uh, so that's nice. Nice. All right, next one. So sorry, F8, F Hammer Eight, I, but I do appreciate you saying those nice things about the audio quality. We do put a lot of work to that, and how we are funny.
2: No, and you know what? Think Fair criticism. Are. I'm not here to say that he's yeah. being—he's definitely not wrong. Not being wrong. He's—he's he's absolutely right. I should probably focus on the Rangers more, and I—I—I am—I am I'm, I'm making the effort. But it is just impossible for me to not talk about something I love, which yeah. is the whole reason why we do this podcast.
1: Okay. Next, next one is—it's uh, from Ndom Seven One Seven or Seven
2: Hundred Seventeen. Oh
1: my! Or Seven Seventeen. He says. Nice. Poor pronunciation? Check. Aggressively mediocre hockey analysis? Oh, you betcha. Check. Excessive foul language? Check. Yet, somehow, I look forward to my Tuesday morning commute every week. It's like having your two best buddies in the car with you ranting about AV and all the issues that seem to plague the Rangers yearly. Refreshing fun sports podcasts and a sea of overwhelmingly serious, ego-driven podcasters. I have news for you, and dom and, uh, 717 I love myself. We have egos.
2: But uh we try and i stay got a little questions humble. About, i got questions about the people you hang out with yeah do you have do you have like significantly mediocre friends we should have a talk man we should find you some new bros
1: it's aggressively mediocre hockey analysis but he gets to hang out with his buddies it's us
2: he's hanging guess, out with us i don't know it sounds like he kind of hates his friends
1: it sounds like he might hate us <laughs>
2: yeah. i mean i'm happy to have you i'm not trying yeah. to scare you away no, but, and, uh, um,
1: thank you so much
2: let's let's have a drink and try and sort this let's, let's sort this out let's let's talk
1: Next, next one is uh, let's go Rangers. It's from B M. Oh, I'm gonna fuck this up. B McNaughton. Big Mc. I'm sorry, bro. Living you in the. You want to kitchen. spell it out
2: and then have a real person try and pronounce B- it?
1: B-M-C-N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. B. McNaughton. B
2: M C and
1: <laughs> great and? podcasting
2: <laughs> what? yeah whatever
1: i'm so sorry living in the carolinas i take whatever I, amount of ranges i can get you guys are a blessing in disguise the fact that you think we're a blessing is crazy that's all i'll say the
2: fact the fact you think we're trying to be in disguise is crazy yeah that's also true we're trying to put ourselves out there bro we're not hiding from anyone listen this one's constant
1: constant frog 360 that's a interesting. Great, that's a great name, listener from Sweden. You guys are a really good podcast. Enjoy it a lot. Funny and good analysis. Hope you keep it up. Slash slash Felipe. I'm assuming his name's Felipe. Huh. Thanks, Felipe. I can't believe you listen from Sweden. Uh,
2: fun, but it, fun story. Um, Sweden is the country we get our fourth most listens from.
1: It is. It's we get a lot yeah. of Swedish listeners.
2: Yeah, United United States obviously number one. Canada number two. UK number uh, three. UK number three, and then Sweden is firmly in there at number four.
1: Speaking of foreign listeners, I'm this. This is from NY69. Nice. Um, he says, "I'm Scandinavian," <laughs> and he says, "This is actually one of my favorite uh, comments." A hot dog is not a sandwich. Special Greg is out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, special Greg, what's wrong, what's wrong with being special?
1: Listen, you're a special guy.
2: Uh, uh, I, I do. I just to throw some shade back at him. Yeah. Calling yourself Scandinavian just means you're too embarrassed to not be from Sweden. I'm, That's all I'm gonna I'm say. I'm
1: Scandinavian. Special Greg is out of his mind. You, you <laughs> notice how
2: Swedes? Swedes are proud to be from Sweden, but like yeah. someone from Finland is like, "Bro, I'm Scandinavian."
1: Yeah, I'm Scandinavian. Uh, yeah. Next one. We're gonna, keep, we're gonna keep plowing through these real quick. Uh Corey T. Thirteen N.Y.R. says, "Here to write a nice review just so I don't get fined." And to get 69. Nice. Good. Mm. Yeah. Thanks you're for
2: finding you I'm going to find you and just charge you a dollar in Venmo.
1: Bob Bob Kawa says, a hot dog is not now, nor will it ever be a sandwich. Thank you, Bob.
2: Bob interacts with us a lot on Twitter. Bob, you're very wrong. Just uh, know. And I, I know who you are, so I'll, I'll hunt you down.
1: PGOs63 says, love this show. Ryan and Greg are great at running through the Rangers issues top to bottom. Deliver it the funniest way possible. We don't try, really. Thanks so much.
2: Uh, uh, the Rangers find an easy way to make it funny. Oh, I'm going to fuck this up. King yep. King Merbs from Australia
1: <laughs> says nice from Adelaide. Oh, I fucked that up. Australia.
2: I think it's Adelaide. Isn't it not just Adelaide?
1: Uh, maybe it is Adelaide. I don't know. Um then JD uh, says nice. JD Frost says or Folst says nice. Thank you, JD. Uh, Derek and Anzon- <laughs> I swear they do this on purpose. Uh, Derek and Zedalone says best Rangers podcast, not corporate. We are not.
2: No, no, and that is obvious because we don't have any sponsors. We got. If you would like to sponsor us, though? We are willing. We are to willing, willing and open out.
1: for this. Uh, we have yeah? th- three left. Uh, that little that little sign you make with your uh, your hand when you when you want to put it below your waist and then you get to punch somebody. That's the name of this guy. Is it said, the other Norwegian from Norway? He says, great show, guys. It's nice to get some updates on my favorite team once a week. And since I live on the other side of the world, the matches usually don't start before 1 a.m., but I watch every game when I can, usually the weekends. Can't wait until late February I'm going to New York, going to my first ever Rangers game. Keep up the good work from Morton Pease on some other episodes. Uh, it wouldn't kill you to actually focus a little bit more on hockey. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to be constant. Uh, so now we can cross off. Our Scandinavian friend is also not Norwegian because he would be proud enough to say he's from the country where Matt Zuccarello is from. I think I think by Scandinavian, he meant Finnish. I'm going with Finnish. Okay. He's Finnish.
1: This next one isn't in English, and it's from Norway. It's from – oh, my God, you guys. Laksamen Lars, and he said – and I translated it. It's from Norwegian to English. It says, you thought maybe I was dead, but I was not. I have just been on a deserted island. Okay.
2: I have a lot of questions. Um, where do I begin? One, how much did I drink on Thursday? Yeah. Two, why did I think you were dead? Three, have we met? Four, um, is everything all right? Do we need to talk? Five, uh, do you need help? Like, do you need supplies? What do you, what do you need? What's going on? And- six, is Norway an island? Seven, uh, no, let's go back to six. I'm pretty sure it's not an island. <laughs>
1: Uh, and the last review is I, I'm Too Late, R&I from Otis Wolf. It says, I guess I'm too late for nice. It's never too late to say nice. Never. Thanks, everyone, for I, – I know we don't usually do that, uh, but we wanted to read everyone's reviews that game in the last couple days, and uh, I appreciate you guys for sticking through. If you're still here, hopefully you're still listening. We are going to try and focus a little more on hockey content. I feel like we did a lot of that today.
2: Sure did. And, um, uh, and we will – this is our technically our last podcast of 2017. It is. We have some fun announcements coming out about 2018. Mm-hmm. Some changes we're bringing to our Patreon page that That's we hope you will join us with. Yeah, Some uh, some new merchandise we might be able to announce. Maybe try and get a sponsor this year. Uh, we're going to have a lot more information about our upcoming meetup on the 15th. Still at Beer Authority. Still no cover to get in. Still don't have to get anything while you're there. Can just watch Rangers Take on the Islanders on a Thursday night in New York City with some of the bros. Well, and
1: and some, some, of some, of the girls, some of the girls Some um,
2: of the gals. But all that, we'll have more on it after we get through the holidays, which is uh, hopefully what everyone is doing while they're listening to us. And if you weren't frustrated enough by family time, I'm happy that I gave you 25 minutes of irrational anger
1: today. It was probably more than that. Greg, thanks for doing this on a Christmas Eve with us. I love you, buddy. Happy holidays. I'm sorry Hanukkah's over. And
2: uh... <laughs> You want to know what I got for Hanukkah this year?
1: I do. $35. $25? $35? What would you
2: get $25 for? I got $35. I know. Uh, Just making a joke. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What did I spend that $35 on? The Train egg. tickets to Hoboken. Okay. And that's about it. That's about that's it. All it, I it. Be
1: Hanukkah. All right, guys. Follow us on Twitter. Pushers break. Thanks everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays. Love y'all.
3: Bye. This is the
0: story of the one.